All right, fact checkers, it is a brand new year, but we've got the same great coffee sponsor. So if you head over to Fox and Sons Coffee and use the promo code FCT for fact check this, you get 15% off any order of $25 or more. Also, be sure to check out the new blends that Steve's got over there. We've got the Den Blend 2 Electric Boogaloo. This is a medium roast coffee. If the dark roast was a little too robust for you, but the light was not quite getting what you needed, check out the medium roast. It is fantastic. And also, they've got a brand new one. It's the Costa Rica Honey Prep. Now, this is the same great coffee, but with a little bit of a floral aroma. You're going to really want to check this one out. So head over to Fox and Sons Coffee and use the promo code FCT at checkout to get that 15% off any order over $25. Let's get started. live stream and after much uh gnashing of teeth tearing of clothes and literal wailing i have finally conquered all of my technological issues for the night and we are rolling well most of us are uh jay forte's got some weird fog around him but we'll figure that out as we go guys how's it going what's up introduce yourself tell everybody what you got going on i like to do that at the top that way we don't waste time with it at the end and uh, and then we'll uh, I don't know we'll, we'll just start shooting the shit. I don't I don't have any uh, particular intentions for this show tonight. Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, yeah, you can follow me pretty much everywhere. Trey Fifty Daniel. Follow me on you know Twitter, Rumble, uh, YouTube, all that. Um, I want to do some more video stuff uh, and, and post some some of my Substack. Trey Fifty Daniel at Substacks.com. And you can also find Trey as the newest member of the morning after he replaced Mark, who is going to be doing a stint in jail for uh, for things that we don't talk about related to a certain day uh, in 2021 when the day you know, democracy died, or at least almost died. Almost, almost died. Yeah, they saved it. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Throw that almost in there. We're really, really close. It wasn't successful. That's the problem. <laughs> that's there are two sides of the j6 argument there are those who there are those who are mad because it was a uh not a, successful enough and there yeah. are those that are mad that it was even successful at all yeah. and then those are the feds who did it <laughs> oh uh so speaking of that uh well go go steve go steve oh sorry i'm steve fox um i'm b team steve that's my new name for the show and uh, I uh, sling coffee, foxandsons.com. Order some coffee, please. Also, I highly recommend the coffee. It's good stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be breaking into the uh, 
Den Blend 2 Electric Boogaloo this weekend. It's a medium blend. Uh, I personally rinse. like the I personally like the dark blend. My wife prefers the light blend. So we're gonna try the medium and see if we're both either happy with it or both disappointed. It'll it'll be <laughs> one or the other. Oh. Yeah, I'll I'm always send, a I'll have to send you a uh, bag of the Costa Rican honey prep, which is a single source. It's that really looks, good. That looks really good. Yeah, it's a it's a lighter roast, but it's pretty stinking amazing. I'm kind of hooked on it right now. I, see, I make my own medium blend. I take I take a handful of the dark beans and a handful of the light beans, put them in my little grinder, and grind them up together, and then that's that's what the boogaloo is. It's exactly oh, well, what it is. See, I've been having that anyway. 50-50 mix. Yeah. I mean, mine's not like perfectly measured. It's, you know, eyeballing it, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. That works. Jay Forte. What That's you got? Hello, man. Yeah. I got my uh, Instagram e-thought filter on, apparently. I bought a new camera, and it's got a light that I have not been able to figure out how to turn off yet, and that's why it looks like, yeah. <laughs> I sling chicken eggs. So that's I mean, not all I do. Hey, right yeah. now you're a billionaire. <laughs> the way, yeah. I was gonna say you better watch out for those eighty-seven thousand new IRS agents because you're gonna be a billionaire soon enough, and they're gonna come <laughs> for you to make sure that you pay your fair share. Yeah, that's because that's the reason that they decided they were gonna hire eighty-seven thousand new ones. It was to go after the billionaires, not to come after everybody who's got a six hundred dollar Venmo transaction or somebody just trying to have a yard sale. You think you think they're gonna stop at six hundred? They're gonna go all the way down to twenty five dollars. Um, I mean, I mean, what what was the basis for six hundred as the threshold? I don't, I don't really understand why that number was significant. Because they probably crunched the numbers because they're going broke with all the spending and printing money. They got to find a way yeah, but- to squeeze people, but. But that ain't gonna do anything. All it does is keep people in line. It's 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 yeah. not it's not to get the money. It's just to keep people in line. It's to keep people scared. Because so, so, what happens if you get a small bill? If you get a bill from the IRS, I'm like Atlantic. I got them pretty things flying across the Atlantic. <laughs> you know what they're gonna do is they're gonna send you a bill for what ten dollars because you had a seventy five dollar transaction and you're not gonna fight that because what's what's the point of fighting a ten dollar bill it's gonna cost you five thousand dollars to fight a ten dollar bill to the IRS. I just so don't pay anything. So <laughs> I have, I have always taken the approach that if they want it bad enough they can take it out of my check. I, I don't I don't pay anything. Uh, but that's but that's what they're gonna do though. That's and but most people are gonna be so afraid they're gonna be like, oh shit, the IRS is coming after me. They're they'll send the ten dollars in or they'll send the fifty dollars in. I think I still owe the state of Pennsylvania twelve hundred dollars because I didn't pay it and then I moved three times in the course of four months and like they kept <laughs> they kept sending stuff and I just kept sending it back saying he doesn't live here anymore. Like I would write it on, I would write it on the, I would write it on the envelope. He doesn't live here anymore. Send it back. No way, you really did that. I, I never paid it, and I don't remember that it was ever. I don't recall it being taken out of any of my paychecks. So, as far as I know, I still owe the state of Pennsylvania about twelve hundred bucks. Fuck. Well, well, if you, if you ever had the feds knocking on your door, you know why. <laughs> That's the 
they watch the stream and they're like, hey, we found you, mother. Pennsylvania troopers are driving to your house right now. But the state of Indiana sends me a bill every year for uh, my child support because I have my child support automatically withheld from my paycheck. So every year I get sent a bill where they charge me for withholding doing it my automatically child from my yeah doing it from, yeah I was like I'm not paying you to take my money from me like fuck you and so <laughs> I've never paid one of those I don't know how many how much that's up to now <laughs> it's been well I've been divorced for since 2015 so uh, going on eight years I don't know. I can't remember how much. I think it's like 53 bucks a year or something. But like, I'm not paying that. Fuck you. Like, I already, I'm already paying child support. Why do I have to pay this? And my child support is like $26 a week. Like, why do I have to pay two weeks worth of child support to the state for taking away my money every week? Like, that processing man. fee. Processing fees. And you know that we don't have they to already have skim a off it anyways. We don't have to have a processing fee. Because I had been just writing the bitch checks and handing them to her, but then the state told me that that wasn't good enough because then they couldn't track it and they couldn't prove that I was actually paying my child support. Like, um, this is all a fucking racket. You, you're not getting any more money from me than what I absolutely it is, a racket. is necessary. That is a massive racket. Like the the like alimony and child support lawyering stuff and everything. All that's a racket. Completely. So, Jay, how many chickens do you have? Uh, right now I have 19. Uh, we lost a few. Uh, one of them just died randomly. What did they guess? The whatever. flu thing on her? No, uh, it was actually what it wasn't the avian flu. No, she, I just, she, she was dead. I went out one morning and she was dead. And then, um, we had another one that didn't make it into the coop one night. So, uh, I guess like a fox or something got it because mm. I found like a, I found a carcass. You have no relation to that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he he must have known something about Hillary Clinton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had we, dirt on Hillary. Just like Harambe. We've got seven chickens now. We had we had eight and uh, we had the same thing. One of them didn't come back into the coop one night and she never came back. But she was also the she was also the oldest of the chickens and she was kind of ornery, so it's very mm-hmm. possible that she just said, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> was was like, she throwing like in the towel? Like a, just like I'm sick of giving you my eggs. <laughs> I'm done. That goes out I and mean, packs a fox or coyote or something. Uh, I, I told on the morning show, I told the story about our uh, our bobcat. And that was a lot of fun. We had a, When we first moved here, we had a bobcat. And at the time, we also had a, a little tiny baby goat. So, you know, I can't be having a bobcat. Number one, we got chickens. And number two, we got goats. I can't be having a bobcat prowling around. We've got too many, you know, animals. Uh, so so we had seen it a couple mornings walking across the, the little field out here. And so I was sitting in the kitchen one afternoon, and I saw it out by the goat pen. And so I'd, I'd been keeping the twenty-two by the back door anyway, just in case. And so I just grabbed the twenty-two, stepped out on the porch, shot it. Uh, got a pretty good through and through uh, around the chest, gut area, a lot of blood. Um, it ran off into the woods, and I followed it until I was sufficiently convinced that with the amount of blood there was, it probably wasn't going to be returning, uh, either alive or otherwise. It was there was too much blood. So anyway, chalked it up as a win. 
sent my wife a text. I said, we don't have to worry about the bobcat anymore. I took care of it. She said, did you shoot a cat? I was like, yeah, shot a bobcat. She said, our neighbors have a lynx, and they let it prowl around. Oh, and shit. I was like, oh, I was like, oh what? <laughs> and she sent me a picture of it. And it's like a $3,000, like, basically it looks like a fucking bobcat. Oh, no. I was like, no. I shot a bobcat. I was like, I know what a bobcat looks like. And I sent her a picture of a bobcat. And then as I looked at the picture of the bobcat and the picture of the lynx, I was like, God, those look like pretty much fucking identical. Yeah. Uh, the, lynx have a bit, <laughs> the lynx have a little bit more like fuzz on their ears. But otherwise, like it's basically the same. I'm like, well, I'm almost positive that I shot a bobcat. And if I didn't, why the fuck are these people letting a three thousand dollar pet just wander free out here in the middle of nowhere? When so we your, actually look, Tiger King. Did your neighbors look, say anything to you eventually? No, or? no, no. We as later in the week, I saw their, I saw their links on their porch. So that, or else the bobcat moved in. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> the bobcat. He goes up in. to the porch and just pops it six times. <laughs> so it was. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty certain that it wasn't the lynx because i saw a big cat on their porch that appeared to be that thing so i'm i feel pretty feel pretty good about it they never said they never said anything so i'm gonna assume i won that that battle <laughs> what kind of goats do you have them. hey justin what kind of goats do you have like what breed uh they're the nigerian dwarves that's what i have yeah so they're they're cute little. So what do you do with them? Uh, them? Milk. Well, milk we got a male and a female, so we're breeding them. We sold the um, the last baby that we had. We sold him and made, I mean, decent little money off of him. Uh, the male, usually, I just walk out there and punch him in the head and <laughs> knock him down. <laughs> can, you, can you, like, videotape the goats? Like, it's just... I watch, he... I watch Tim Pool's Chicken City. I watch that at work all the time. It's, like, the best show in the world. I, I walk out there and I put my fist out and he comes up with his horns and gives me a he gives me a bump on the bump on the fist and then and then I can rub him and if he but if he doesn't want to if he doesn't want to headbutt then that means he's not in the friendly mood today he wants to run away and be a dickhead uh, which in the winter that's usually what he does he's he's more friendly in the spring and summer well, he's a warm weather goat when it's cold he's kind of surly. So you just breed them and sell the goats. That's yeah. the plan with them. I we the we were also going to milk uh, the female, but this was her first baby, and she was barely producing enough milk just for the baby. So I kind of left it alone. I was like, "We'll we'll wait until she's a little bit more mature, and and then we'll then we'll try to try to start milking." Are you gonna do Is cheese that, with it, or that's the plan? Ah. Why wouldn't you? Like goat cheese is awesome. Goat cheese been, is the best, man. I love. I've been cheese. told that you can. Uh, there are some like homemade recipes for like a, a really, a really nice brie and some other types of cheese that from the from the goat milk. So, yeah, that's the plan. I like nice. I like the like get the goat uh, goat cheese and you know melt it and have have the you know nachos and put put stuff in it and, like make it. That, that stuff's good. I usually put goat cheese, like the soft goat cheese, and like the eggs, the herb stuff. Throw that in eggs after I make them. You do the same thing, Jay? No, uh, I mean I plan on doing that with our sheep, but um, like the goats were kind of a my wife's thing. I got a call. Of when course. 
I went up, her mom retired and uh, moved down here to, with us. And uh, I had gone up to Pittsburgh to put everything in a U-Haul. And I hear her mom talking about goats on the phone. I was like, who are you talking to goats about? He's like, oh, Carol bought two goats. I was like, oh, did she? I wish I would have known that. <laughs> with the baby, I told her, I told my wife, because these were originally hers. And now I'm the one that feeds them and goes out and plays with them every day. So they're basically mine. But I told her, like with the baby, I said, you have two options. Either you sell him or when he's big enough, I'm going to eat him. Like, because I'm not like I'm not doing a goat herd here. We've got our we've got the two and that's the two that we'll keep. Like, if you want to get a third for for additional breeding purposes to sell more cool, like you can get another, you know, adult female and we'll, you know, we'll breed multiple goats. But I'm not like raising these things and starting a full-on like flock or herd or whatever like either you sell it or i eat it and he was getting close to eating size when she finally like bit the bullet and sold him i was like you know he's about three months away from me hanging his ass in the garage out there and dressing him down and we're gonna be having roast goat she's like no you're not doing that it's like the options were sell or eat and you're getting real close to the eating point. So you well, when you're ready, I'll send you some curry. I may have a good recipe for curry. Hell yeah. That'll be the next one. Okay. Or we'll just have a party at your house. Everybody come down and we'll have a curry go party. <laughs> that works too. We've got uh, we got enough space here that we could pop up some tents. We could have our own little mini Childerberg. That'd be good. Do some uh, goat talking and have some chicken and goat hanging out. Dad, come up. Heck yeah! I mean, you can go. You can go climb in the pen and punch him in the head if you want. He, likes, <laughs> he thinks it's a game. Dad sent me <laughs> pictures of his goats. So yeah, we had that's a the nice thing up. about goats is if you're having a really bad day, you just go punch him in the head, and they think it's a, like that's <laughs> that's what their head is built for. So they're like, hell yeah, let's do this. Uh, we had a goat growing up, and I remember. Um, my uncle would like put on a construction hard hat and like head, you know, butt heads with him. And then one day we realized that the goat had gotten too big to do that activity with anymore. When uh, he knocked my uncle out. <laughs> that's that's, that's awesome. the nice thing about the Norwegian dwarves is they, they won't yeah. get too big. Like he's. Yeah. They yeah. can't rear up over you. They're so short. <laughs> yeah. He's, I mean, he's a good size, but he's still just like, He's the size of a big dog. He's not, you know, a huge goat, you know. When we were on vacation a couple of years back, it was probably like close to six or seven years ago, we were staying at this farm in Pennsylvania. And my son was probably six at the time. It was probably 10 years ago now. And he let one of the goats out of the pen. So we spent like a half hour trying to like coax him back into the pen. <laughs> he did not want to have anything to do with that. They like, are I got freedom. They are smart and persistent. Like yeah. if uh the male, he's usually good about staying in the pen. He doesn't really want to get out and wander around. He he's kind of a lazy ass. But the female, she she is like constantly patrolling the perimeter of their of their pen, like trying to figure out how am I gonna break out today? And uh, about once every couple months, she finds a spot and figures out how to get out and then i have to go like and she's dumb as shit i all i have to do is just walk over there with my hand out with a little bit of food and she just walks right back right over to me and so i pick her up and drop her back in the 
back in the fence. <laughs> Dude, like knock on wood, like mine are they stay in a dog kennel like at night when we put them in, but during the day I put them out with the chickens and like they're actually trained on the uh, electric poultry netting, which is I think amazing for a ghost because those things are like water; they can slip out of anything, or at least they try to. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how she got out the last time. Uh, it was earlier this week. I, I still haven't figured out where the opening is that she got out of. Was, she was just wandering around, wandering around the yard. I was like, all right, come on, bitch, back in the pen. I mean, I mean, I have a nice big open space for them and a and a big barn that's uh, like a covered a covered barn, and there's a couple like houses for them inside of there. And like, they're they have plenty of space and plenty of covering they're not in the weather ever unless they just choose to be which they do regularly but i mean, I mean there's they don't have any reason to break out i think i think they just and i think she just likes to get out because she doesn't go anywhere like she just stays right around the the pen or she'll walk like walk over to the yard next door if we're outside doing something and like just walk up to us like hi i'm out what do you want to do about it do you let them out to graze? No, we like uh, in the summer. It grows to the. Um, they're right in a, so the yard kind of goes got down a pasture a bit. or something yeah, the, like that. But the yard kind of dips a little bit, and where that spot is, I still have to get in there and mow it. Like they they can't eat it fast enough to keep it down. So it's a, I I deliberately I deliberately put the pin where I did because there's a. There's tree cover, so they get plenty of shade during the day. Uh, it's a very nice, like thick, grassy spot. But there's also a little bit of a, a race or a, like a higher ground spot that stays nice and dry. So, like, it's I I built this thing strategically for for that purpose, and it's worked out pretty well so far. And it doesn't get too cold. I don't. I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. They. It's been. It got negative six, and they. They were out in the snow the next day like it was nothing. So their uh, fur gets thicker when it gets cold. They, oh, they yeah. adjust it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and that's uh, come spring, I'll I'll have to get out and brush them because all of that extra thickness will start to kind of come out, and they it it looks really looks really bad. So he <laughs> the female doesn't give a shit. Like she just she thinks she's a lap dog. She. She comes and if you go out there and like sit on the bale of hay that I keep out there, she just comes and climbs in your lap and licks your face. She really thinks she's a dog, but he he's a little more uh, ornery about it. But he acts like he doesn't like to be brushed. But then as soon as you start brushing him, he really gets into it. He's like, oh, and start, starts like rubbing his head on your leg, and he really likes it. But he he, he plays he plays he likes to play hard to get. And you said you have sheep, Jay? Yeah. Yeah. How many? I, uh, I just started off with three, just like okay. a ram and two ewes. Um, I wanted to do that as kind of like my little side hustle. You know, if I want to butcher, have some meat, or, you know, just sell off whatever I don't need. Of course, I went with like a hair sheep breed, so I don't have to have my ass out there shearing wool. They'll, okay. just, shed, they'll just shed. We'll see how that goes. I just got those this past year, so I've never raised sheep before. So it's a new, uh, it's a lot of new stuff to learn because they are weird animals. Yeah. Yeah. How so? What do they do? Sheep are different. Uh, um, we've got a guy that lives about 
four miles down the road uh, that he's got a bunch of sheep and he was looking to get rid of a couple. And I considered it and decided against it. Uh, I, number one, I'm not sure how they would do together. I mean, he keeps goats and sheep together and they seem to be fine, but uh, I, I don't know. I was a little bit hesitant with that. And, and also sheep are just, yeah, sheep are a little bit uh, weird. They're different, different behavior type of animal. Yeah. They, um, I, I just got them where they'll actually come up to me and let me like hand feed them. And that took, we got them in July and that took from then until now to get them to trust me. Really? They're just like, they're very untrusting of, uh, new people and just anything that looks different out of the usual. Hmm. They get real skittish. And they're also kind of, um, that's cause they know you're going to be eating them. In the next six months, <laughs> <laughs> but to an extent, they're also finicky eaters. Like they're the uh, sheep are very particular. Like goats, it's horrible, and I hate everything about it. But goats are just like they're just piss and shit wherever they don't give a fuck. But sheep are really, really particular about that. Like they they will not defecate anywhere near their food, and and if it's if it happens anywhere near, then then they won't eat the food. Like they're well, I mean that's a good thing, but yeah, it's. It, different for the animal world for sure hmm. well when i'm ready to get my land with my chickens and goats i'll have to come down and get some training from you guys if i knew this was the direction the show would have gone i, I would have called it you know farm talk with justin and jay <laughs> you, <laughs> you and trey could just ask us questions about shit it you know my son said about the morning show that anytime it's like me and dag left alone to our own devices we always end up talking about farming and sure enough on wednesday it was me and clyde left by ourselves and you know what we started talking about <laughs> fucking farming never, <laughs> never fails <laughs> well dag sent me a bunch of seeds oh yeah yeah we did a trade for some coffee it's the seeds so i have like my stash of seeds in case things go wrong <laughs> uh, i've got uh i've got some seeds coming myself uh, from him and uh well you steve you are the the front end advertisement on the shows you i run yeah. the fox and sons coffee ad on the front end but on the back end we've got the uh agorist acres which is yeah. dag's seed company so make sure you make sure anybody who's uh watching this after the fact or listening check out the ads on either end and go check out our great sponsors uh fox and sons coffee and agorist acres get all of your seeds and coffee needs, all of your beans, all in the same place or at two different places. But. He sent me a ton of stuff, stuff I don't even like. I got to look through everything still. I mean, I got a whole, I got a box just like full of crap in there. It's like, what I'm going to do with all this stuff. <laughs> we, we've got a pretty good sized garden. So uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited to see what I get because uh, here in the next month or so, probably end of february early march we'll start we'll uh get out and start tilling stuff up and start doing some prep work and getting the garden ready so so we you can start, start that early down there huh uh we'll start planting in mid to late april okay. on some stuff yeah, everything's still frozen here in april well although we've had haven't had a winter we had one good snow and that was it well, that's what happens when you live in uh canada <laughs> canada Canadian. Yes. It's close enough. I used to live right next to Canada, but in Detroit, so 
So you're not a youper? No, no. I'm I'm West Michigan. I'm actually Mark. I live probably 20 minutes from Mark. Cool. Yeah, I got um I got friends uh, friends that are from Petoskey. Oh yeah, yeah. That's about four hours from me. Cool area. I need to um. Uh... I need to make a trip up there. I haven't ever been to Michigan. And Mark and I have talked about next year since we went to the Mississippi State game this year. Next year, me heading up that way and we go to a Michigan game, which that would be pretty cool. Uh, hopefully, I'll get to meet Trey here sometime in a few months. Uh, my, I've, I've gone to the Mises meetup in Birmingham the past two years. Took my son a couple years ago, and then Stephanie and I went last year, so going to talk Trey into coming over to Birmingham and coming to the Mises meetup. Yeah. Go, go, to, that hell, go to that Mises, hell hole. Mises Caucus or Mises? Mises Institute. Institute. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Mises, Mises Institute. Yeah, I'd say like, if it's the caucus, I don't know about this. <laughs> last year, it, was, uh, it wasn't it was in Birmingham itself. It was uh, just outside the uh, – it was like a big um, like race car museum or something. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah the motorsports uh, yeah. Hall, hall, like whatever the Barber Motorsports Hall of Fame or something. Is that? Oh my that, gosh, that thing was incredible. It that's was, Jeff Dice, right? That's his group. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, when I went to the Tom Woods event, Jeff Dice, for as as like high up as he is in that whole world, he is like the most down to earth person. He walked right up to me, shook my hand, introduced himself. And like nobody else in that world did that at all. He was the only person to actually walk up and like just because I was sitting talking to one of his friends, so he did that. But <clears throat> that was kind of cool. He's he's actually really, I, w- I was really appreciative of just the, his his whole attitude. The first Mises meetup that we went to, the one that I took my son to. Uh, so when we were on the way down there, uh, Buck was going to be one of the speakers there. Um, the end uh, the. Shoot, Corey no, no, no. Um, Thomas, uh, he wrote the a book on communism. Now I'm drawing a complete mm. blank. Anyway, um, Buck was going to be there. Pete was going to be there. Jeff Dice was going to be there. There were a bunch of people there. And so on the drive down, uh, Sean was like, who are all these people that were, that we're going to be meeting here. I was like, well, they've all got podcasts. We'll listen to an episode of all their shows. That way you kind of have an idea of like who they are and what they, what they talk about. And he loved the human action podcast for some reason, like uh, the book review stuff and, and Jeff's the way Jeff explains stuff and talks about stuff. He, he really latched onto that. And he was like, Oh, that's my favorite one of all of those. Like by far. I was like, well, when we get there, like introduce yourself to him. <laughs> so, cause I, <laughs> Cause I had actually just like uh, sent him a message on Twitter to, to get the tickets to it. Cause at the time when I found out about it, it was showing sold out. And so I just mm-hmm. sent him a message on Twitter. I was like, is it actually sold out? Like I, my son and I, I would really like to attend and I, I really want to bring my son. I think this would be a cool experience for him. And he was like, yeah, I'll hook you up. And like gave me the phone number for the girl who I needed to talk to, to, to get the tickets and like hooked it up completely. Uh, really cool. So I was like, when we get there, just like introduce yourself to him. Like walk up and tell him that your show is his or his show is your favorite podcast to listen to. Uh, and when we got there and we saw him, 
I was like, there he is. That's that's Jeff. I was like, go introduce yourself. He's like, no, 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 no. I can't do that. I can't do that. I was like, fine then. I'm going to go to <laughs> So no I walked over and shook his hand and told, and told him. And I was like, that's that's my son. Your your show is his favorite show. He was like, tell him come over here. I was like, I, I've been trying. I'll go tell him again. But he wouldn't, and he wouldn't do it. And then uh, then a couple months later, we saw Jeff again at the uh, at the Pennsylvania Libertarian State Convention. And so I, I had Stephanie take a picture of him of me and Jeff. And then I sent it to him. I was like, hey, I'm getting to hang out with your, uh, your favorite podcaster again. The one that you won't talk to. He was like, Oh, you suck. <laughs> I don't know why he's so shy. Like, because I'm the polar opposite of that. Like, it doesn't matter who it is. I'll walk up and talk to anybody. That's why I do this show. I got, and I say all the time, like I will literally platform anybody. I, I damn near posted the link just straight to my Twitter to see who would, <laughs> all of a sudden you get some crazy feminist uh, that, that hates you that'd be fun that, that would oh be a lot God. of fun I, I can't imagine that they would actually put themselves through that because then they would have to have a real conversation without the without the the filter of well it, it, like on your platform like not not like on their platform where they can right where they like. don't have any control over it over it and and also they don't have all of their simps to like because like be beta for him basically right when is when does he do that uh the mises thing when does he do that every year uh this one one's april 22nd yeah this the one in birmingham is on the 22nd so i might have to go down yeah. for that then yeah i went ahead and uh i, I registered um uh, hopefully me and my wife can both go that's that's the plan is i'm gonna take the wife uh and then if if at the last minute she decides she doesn't want to go i've got the kids that weekend so i can just grab my son and take him or my take my daughter she's my favorite kid anyway so she hasn't and she doesn't get to go to any of this stuff i'm i might just tell all of them like fuck off i'm taking her that's funny so in that same time where i met jeff do you know do you guys know mike meharry so i was talking with mike meharry because mike and i have been talking for a couple months before that previously and michael bolden was sitting next to him but i've never seen michael bolden i've just heard him on podcasts so I walk up and I'm like, hey, Mike. And Bolton stands up and puts his hand out. And I just walk right by him. <laughs> and, and like, he looked so shocked. He was like, who is this guy? <laughs> He's like, going to say hi to me. And I just walk right by him and give Mike Meharry a big hug. <laughs> He's just like, <laughs> everybody starts cracking up because I didn't, I, I still didn't know who this guy was. I like, I had no clue it was him. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, I got to meet Mike at uh at Alan Mosley's live show this past summer. Uh, I actually took my son with me to that, and that was a ton of fun. That one uh, sounds like it'd be fun. I've been listening to his show after after we did that one with him on it. I've been listening to his show. His show is great. Yeah, it's it. He is. He probably puts out some of the best content in the in our sphere, and is like way underappreciated for what he does. Like, it, so it's, did. Did he he left like the LP stuff like he was doing that and then kind of walked away from it to do this show or so his show used to be called the Gold Standard and it was very libertarian based and and then he decided to he wanted to go in a different direction so that's when he started doing the um, sort of comedy sketches. yeah more of a he wanted to do it more of a like a late night TV show type type thing it's yeah. too late so it's it's too late with Alan Mosley and it's uh, I think. Craig Kilborn is his primary inspiration for like the way he does the show. And, and it's really, I mean, it is superb 
production and I mean and, I, I put no effort into producing my own show whatsoever. So like the amount of work that goes into making one of his episodes is impressive. And he has a really a really strong community, people on that follow him on like Discord and Twitch and everywhere else and like, did the, the LP kind of like trash him for doing that or what? Uh, well, he kind of moved away from being a super supportive of the LP because of some of the... So he woke the, up like the rest of us, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he, he's one of the... Uh, He's one of the posties, but probably yeah. wouldn't. He probably wouldn't claim. He that. wouldn't say that. Yeah, he wouldn't. Publicly. He probably wouldn't take that moniker because it's too cringe. But uh, he he's one of us. Okay. Yeah, because I was in that. I was in that side of the group for about six months, maybe eight months, and I was after that long. I'm like, no, I don't belong in this group. <laughs> it's. Did we all just kind of move in that same direction over like a similar time period? I think. With what within the last two years? Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, like, like when everything was crazy and it was lockdown mania, I really started listening to a lot of Dave Smith. I started listening to a lot of Malice. I started listening to like a lot of that stuff, and then that was when the the Mises Caucus had a bunch of stuff going on with like a big money bomb and. Uh, they did. It was like an all-day event for one of their things. It was on like all of it was on YouTube, and I happened to be off work that day, so I was just like sitting at home, watching all of the, watching all the stuff and getting excited and like uh, getting on their the Facebook stream of all of it and commenting and like it was incredible. And they were saying all the things that I had been thinking and wanting to hear, and even like having kind of identified as libertarian ish for a couple years prior to that. Uh, Cause I, I basically like said when, when the Republicans nominated Mitt Romney in 2012, I was like, fuck you. You're, you're useless. So, yeah. You're dead to me. That's yeah, exactly yeah, where I was at at that point. So I was like, just done with it entirely for, for a I while. I dealt with McCain, then, but that one pissed me off. <laughs> yeah. McCain, McCain pissed me off. Romney was just like the straw that broke the camel's back. It was yeah. like, could you pick a more milk toast, just like pissant of a human being for your candidate? Like, well, you knew they weren't serious. As soon as they picked him, you knew they weren't serious about winning. Right. The second oh, yeah. they picked him. So anyway, I, I was pretty just completely out of everything entirely until uh, late 15 and into 16, whenever like the Trump was starting to come on the come on the scene, and and it looked like things were going to be interesting. Um, but even then, I was uh, I was more of a Constitution Party can uh, party kind of guy. Like I I knew what the Libertarian Party was, and they aligned with a lot of the things that I believed in. But when I looked at the party itself, I was like, God, this thing is fucking useless. Like, <laughs> why would anybody? It's like, why would anybody support that? Like, yeah. The, the the ideas and the principles and the things that they believe in are perfect. But yeah, but they don't believe look, in it. But they don't do it. But then when you look at the party itself, it's like that's not that's not what I was then, seeing. Then they the, have a, a speedo guy gyrating on the <laughs> yeah. So, so well, like, half of them want half of them um, are okay with pedos too. So it's like I was like the libertarian thing is good, but the libertarian party is fucking trash. So I just kind of didn't have anything to do want to have anything to do with it. 
so, so I, I guess I identified a, as a constitution party at the time, even though it's like maybe the, the I don't know, 15th largest. Yeah, yeah, there's the constitution party is like, uh, it's like uber boomers. I mean, yeah. I, it's, it's, they believe in all the right things, but God, there is no potential for any sort of traction within that party because yeah. they're all literally 75 years old or more. Like, these people fought in World War II. Wasn't um, that Ross Perot's? Wasn't that his party? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Well, I he was Reform sure Party. Everyone. Is it Reform? Sorry. Yeah, yeah it's reform. I think it was Reform. Okay. Uh, but so anyway, when the Mises Caucus was coming on strong there in 2020, it was like, okay, if these are the people that are going to be running the Libertarian Party, then I could be on board with that because they actually seem to like believe in the things that are supposed to be the foundational principles of libertarianism. Yeah. Like, okay, I can get on board with that. But then like, as things move forward and realize it's, you know, it's like still second verse, the, same as the first. Yeah. It's yep. still the same. Like it's still the same useless instrument. That's not going to accomplish anything. Like it's so there, ha and there has to be a better way, especially coming out of 2020, when you're looking at the way the government, especially like, like state governments. Uh, I mean, I live in Indiana. It's a red state. It is always going to be a red state. It will never be anything but a red state at this point. Like it doesn't matter what the influence of Gary and Bloomington and Indy is. It's never going to overwhelm the entire rest of the state. Like, yeah, that's like Alabama. Like the, the, it's 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 a red state. Like they they like they're all, even the blue people. Like you know, blue pilled people. Like they're they're just they're like NPCs. They they will move out because like the whole the abortion ban or, or this or that. You know, they, they don't they don't care. like it's a red state. And and yet still we had you know KIV who locked down and right we had we had Holcomb who locked the state down for I think eleven months or more like. Uh, it was, you know, we were on basically full lockdown. So, like, that was when you started to realize, like, and and we had a fantastic libertarian candidate, libertarian party candidate for state for the governor's spot here in the state, and he got what was who was that? Uh, Don, uh, Donald Rainwater. Okay, I remember the name. He got thirteen or fourteen percent of the vote, like the most, the most votes. A libertarian candidate, or the the highest percentage of the vote, a libertarian party candidate had ever gotten for a governorship. But I mean, you know, Holcomb, 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 as bad as he was, still got sixty three or sixty four percent of the vote. Like, and and that was when it was like this. In my brain, it was like, okay, you can run the best candidate who, in both of the debate, both of the debates, in the like post debate polling. 80% of the people voting in the polls said he won the debates easily. Like not it wasn't even close. He absolutely mopped the floor with the Republican and the Democrat in both debates and he still only got 13%. Mm -hmm. Like all right, so there has to be a better solution, right? Like if if you can't win in that way, what's the way that you can win? And the way that you can win on um, is you have to start local and you have to like overrun yeah. your you have to overrun your your local gop and turn it into the thing that it should be instead of yep. the thing the instead of the soft flaccid thing that it is and yeah. and if you can do that then that can spread and the only people who were promoting that kind of a message were pete and matt and all the like 
post-libertarian types. So the and at first I was kind of opposed to a lot of that stuff. I was like, man, they're just trying to shit on the LP. And then the more I and the LP and the Mises caucus. And then the more I started looking at it, it's like, well, they're the only ones that are pre- pre- presenting actual like practical application for how we move from where we are to where we want to be. Like, yeah, you know, strong messaging is just hopes and dreams. And, you know, you have to, at some point you have to put boots on the ground and go fucking do something. But they can't even do strong messaging because you have Smith who says one thing, but then the, then you have the rank and file of the Mises caucus that totally go against that. So you don't even have the same, you have, you have Smith saying one thing and then, they're completely saying something different and they're not even following what they want, what they're saying that they want. Yeah. I was actually um, pleasantly surprised by the ALGOP. Like they, they said that they wanted to oust um, McDaniel, but basically they didn't say that. They didn't say like, uh, but they said like, we need a new chair. So like that's, I was actually pleasantly, pleasantly surprised with them because like ALG, ALGOP is kind of like, they're usually corpo, like they're usually the, the neocon type of thing, but like it seems like they're, they're moving in some of the right direction. If you could keep Mitch McConnell's money out of the state, like yeah. if you could keep him from screwing with everything and getting uh, Katie Britt, who is apparently just uh, another shill that, that basically Richard Shelby appointed himself, uh, you, you know, he was he was crap the whole time he was there. So, I mean. That, that but like you said like like it's it's starting local and that's why like you know like in here in a couple of years uh you know the 2025 apparently they i don't know why 2025 apparently they moved it back a year for the city council for where where i live so probably I, has something to do with covid <laughs> well no they they it's actually it's, it's not even, not even related to that they said they said uh we we want to like alt, have an alt, off year or, or so. I, I don't know what it was like some something about like they didn't want to have election fatigue I, I don't I don't get it well I think I think what I mean but yeah I, I, that's why I'm I'm wanting to run is to like get involved that way and you know okay get in city council then I can yeah. actually do something like with it I think Pete's right on that like you got to run local office you got to run for sheriff you got to run for city council school boards that's where you're going to make the changes that's what the Democrats did in the 60s. They ran for those offices and those seats. They took those seats, and now, I mean, look where we're at now. So we're kind of moving in a dog catcher ever. Huh? I said I'll be the most based dog catcher ever for the town. <laughs> <laughs> so we're kind of moving in a direction that was the original intent of the show anyway. Uh, so I was gonna, what I was going to talk to Don about was the GOP taking the House the, all of the bullshit surrounding McCarthy getting the speakership and the concessions that they gave up with all of that and, and kind of the fallout from that and what's happened over the last week or so. And then I want to kind of talk about things moving forward. So I think like for y'all, let's, let's kind of focus on that. The moving forward part of it is, you know, what's going to happen over the next two to four to six years, because I think I think, I sincerely think that we're going to see a full-blown economic collapse within the next two years. And like, so my theory coming into the 2022 election was that the Democrats were going to give up the House and the Senate. And then in 2024, they were going to give up the White House as well. That way, when the whole thing falls apart in 2025, they can be like, wasn't us. 
look who's look who's in charge. It's it's all of the Republicans. They're the ones who did this. Now you need to vote for us in 2026 yep. and 2028 and put us back in power so that we can fix this problem. See, I don't even think we felt the the I don't I don't think we felt I think that's their, their cycle though. Like that I think that's the, their their way of, of doing it cuz you you saw like how like oh after having a booming economy with Trump and then they they were like, "Oh, look at all this turmoil. Look at all this this chaos and that they 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 basically cause Oh, look at all this turmoil, this chaos. Look at all these this media headlines and all this stuff with Trump Twitter, all this kind of stuff that they've all created. And then they go, oh, well, you need to, us to back, be back in charge. So that way we can be, you know, the adults back, be back in the, the, the room. And then once, once they do that, then they screw it up. And then, you know, basically, you know, play this song, same song and dance again. Yeah, but I think we have another year to feel the hit of shutting down everything in 2020 still. I, I think it's at least another year before that actually really hits. I think we're getting the beginning think, effect on that. I think we're still feeling effects from 2008. I, I think we're still feeling some of those effects, too. I think this is a compounded thing that we've had going since. Well, yeah, since, so since that's, the is, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's 2008 when that happened. They they dropped interest rates. They did all of this stuff. Like everything, all of the economic growth that we've seen since 2008 is completely manufactured. None of it is real. It's fake. So, Synthetic. So, this, so all of this coming to a head and then having shutdowns and everything else in 2020, that basically took this bubble that they've been slowly inflating for the last 12 years. And then they, they basically just took and like, Stuck the <laughs> yeah, they what, went, like a, like a, like, they went like a cartoon, just style. like slowly giving it a little blow and just blowing Ooh. it up, and then some somebody grabbed the uh, the air compressor and just stuck it on there and was like, let's let's just bust it as fast as we can. That's effectively what happened, and and so that's why we're seeing that's why we're seeing it all seem to come to such a massive head all at once is because it's not two years of this all being blown up. It's 12 years of it all being blown up and then and then it just like basically pop finishing it off like yeah well do you think it's from 08 or you think it starts from like the beginning of the iraq war and stuff and from see i think economically as a country we were really we were still pretty sound at that point uh i think from being i think from like a trillion dollars in debt you're still sound i mean yeah well, I mean, I mean at the start, like you, at the you start realize of it, at the start of it, because we were still we were coming <laughs> off of supposedly anyway, we were coming off of Clinton surpluses. So at the start of the Iraq war, we were in decent shape. It was around 2005 was when we were uh, was the war had stretched too far and it was too much. It was becoming too much of a burden. And then that's when you started having all the subprime loans and all of the um all of the government debt consolidation type of stuff that was happening. That Which really the subprime loans comes the from war. the Frank Dodd bill. That whole that whole thing comes from that Frank Dodd bill, right? But, but you like, have I, the, the war spending combined with the you know the the subprime mortgage crisis and all that in, in 08, All that kind of compounded together into leading to into a worse economy. And then uh, following that bad economy, essentially we, we didn't really do anything to recover, and so that's why like the you know basically the Trump economy was a was booming 
because we had been waiting for something to, to right. Because kind of be after two thousand eight, they didn't actually do anything to fix the problem. They just they slapped a band aid on a broken leg and said, "All right, let's let's keep rolling, baby. It's fine. It's fine. You can you can walk it off." And, yeah. and instead of trying to walk it off, they tried to make us run it off until we like ran it into completely broken in half. Did you see that video of that guy that uh, it was like, what was it? I can't remember what sport he was playing, but it was some dude playing something that uh, might have been badminton. I don't know. Anyway, where he uh, broke his. Oh, it was the rock climbing guy. He was like climbing a rock wall and he fell off the wall and like literally broke his foot all the way off. Oh, shit. Yeah, so that's that's our uh, that's 2020 in a nutshell. It's like you know we've been climbing this wall, we've been climbing this wall, and then we fell off and just wow, snapped it straight off. So how bad do you think it's going to get, and what do you think Congress is going to do to make it worse? Because they're never going to be able to fix it. They like every time they do well, it. Well, it's because hold on. Here's the proof of everything they do. Like you vote 15 times, you expect a different result. Or it's 14 times expecting different results on, like, the McCarthy thing. Like, that's proof alone that they are so stupid and so inept that they can't do something right. So, wait, 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 wait. Here's, here's one thing that, that I think they can do. Like, if, if, they could, if they could actually, if the Republicans, you know, if they retain the House and if they can get the Senate in 24 and the presidency... Then, then they'll do exactly what they did when wait, they wait, had wait, it with wait, Trump. Wait, exactly. Wait, they'll do absolutely wait. fucking nothing. Wait. The, listen. If they can get the Fair Tax Act passed, if if by some metric of, of the, the imagination, like uh, just let's just humor me. If they actually passed the Fair Tax and did something like that, it would result in a better econo- economic situation because... You yeah, have but they won't. They'll 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 send more stimulus checks out. Trump will have his name on new stimulus checks or DeSantis at that point. And at that point too, in twenty twenty four, if DeSantis and the Republicans are in charge, we'll be in war in Iran. Mm-hmm. We will see we'll here's be. the thing. Guarantee we think, will be. All right. With look, Trump, no. I with, think with the DeSantis, reason maybe. I think the reason that the Democrats didn't give up on the Senate. And held it is because they saw what was going on with the kind of the new right movement, the Vance, Masters, Getz, like the people who are opposing the super squishy moderate rhino. Until a week ago, you'd say green, but now she's out of that. Right. I mean, but Bobert's still in it. Uh, You have a you have a very core group that. Well, and, and like you said, like up until a week ago, you just said Green. You just said Massey. You just said a lot of other Every time things. you say Bobert, like, I think of that picture of her and uh, <laughs> the, uh, the Kyle. Yeah. What, oh. No, what's the one with uh, what the, the kid that shot the guys in Wisconsin? What was yeah, his Kyle name? Yeah, Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. She's, picture wait, of him and the eye control picture. <laughs> you remember that one? No, that that's not Bobert, though. <laughs> I thought no, that was her. Else. No. Oh, sorry. But, oh. So I think. I think coming into the 2022 election, the the Democrats were sitting there looking at that contingent and we're thinking and we're probably thinking that something like what happened with the the speaker selection was going to happen. They're like these people actually wield some power. And if we let them get control of the House and the Senate with these people, we're screwed. We're yeah, we're fucked because because that's what you can kind of rely on was that if you gave 
the Republicans the House and the Senate for the next two years and then gave them the presidency in 2024, by 2025, everything's still going to collapse. They're not going to actually fix any of the problems. But if you put these people, the ones who are making the most noise in the House right now, the ones who are being the problem, the, the problem children of the GOP and not letting things move forward status quo, if you give them enough power and you let them control both chambers of the House and they then might you fix give, something and then, and then you then... give them the presidency, too, they might fix something. And then you're not going to be sitting here in 2026 saying, look, they were the ones holding the bag. They completely fucked it up. You're going to be stuck sitting there saying uh, they fixed it. But now we need, we need 100 more people like those like those agreed. 10. But now yeah. they put. But now the Democrats put themselves in the position where they're going to be the contrarians who are holding things up. And so now in 2024, whenever the House is going to push through things that might actually be beneficial, at least for the next six to ten months, I, like I think McCarthy is going to turn into Rhino McCarthy that we expected him to be at some point. But oh, in for four the time months, being, in four months, he'll, being, he'll be doing that. For the time being, he has to play nice with his detractors. <clears throat> so anyway, what they'll be able to hang their hat on is in 2024, they can say, look, we tried to pass all of this stuff that would have fixed things, and then the Democrats shot it down in the Senate. So the Democrats kind of, they kind of fuck themselves both ways. Like either you give the Republicans control everything and, and then, then they have, and then they fix it or have the opportunity to fix it, or you deny them that control. And then you're going to you're going to be the heel in this because then they can say, look, we tried to do all these things and then they shot it down in the Senate. They're the ones who are holding back actual progress and recover and economic recovery. So I, like for a for a political party that has been very like long sighted in terms of seeing the big picture beyond just like the next election, but actually. Like we can't act like all of this progressivism just happened in the last five years. Like this has been, and we can't act like it's just the Democrats either. But it's been thirty years in the making. Like they've been playing the long game, Mm -hmm. and whereas the Republicans, their their biggest shortfall is they they keep trying to play nice to do good in the next election without realizing that the longer you're playing nice, the more you're setting yourself back. Well, they keep trying to play nice because they're afraid to be calling racists. That's why they're trying to play nice is because they're afraid to be called. And and every day they're called racist. It's like, do you guys not see this? Like, this is not a winning. They they need to embrace the racism. I mean, my clan clan hood is in that closet right over there. I mean, I'm kidding. (laughs) By the way, I don't don't know how well y'all. It's getting dry. It's getting dry clean right now. It's not really back there. That's actually my gun closet, but that's neither here nor there. But I mean, like, but you say they've been playing the long game for thirty years. They've been playing it for fifty years when they started taking over the. I mean, longer than that. Board of Education. The civil civil rights movement was, uh, you know, the civil rights movement was step one. Yeah, but they're starting to take the. I actually think it was it was more like step three because they, you know, they'd been trying, you know, early on with like. I think I think it's I think this goes way way farther back than than we would even think, honestly. Like like back ni- early nineteen hundred. Well, Wilson Woodrow Wilson. I was gonna say we can't go back eighteen. Like we you you can't say that like the eighteen hundreds. Kind of yeah, yeah, eighteen hundreds. They didn't have any kind of an organization at that time. You didn't even have like two major parties. You the the at the it was a it was a mix of a bunch of different 
you know, I mean, right? Abraham Lincoln won with like thirty percent of the vote or something. Like yeah. he didn't, he didn't even, he didn't even have a, uh, he didn't even have half the country. Like it just so happened that he was in such a diluted field that he was the one that ended up with the most. Like people, people think Lincoln was like was like a great leader, great winner. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. you would you would think from the way they talk about Lincoln, he won like ninety percent of the vote. Like yeah, you would like think he like won the country. It was like it was the nineteen eighty four late Reagan landslide. You know where he won. Yeah. 50, you would think that he like won the country over with his, you know, going to save the union thing, and it, and and then it turns out he was like the he was like out of a field of six, he was the one that got got like and the most. Wasn't it like on the third? Wasn't there like a? No, it was the uh, primary. He was like the third or fourth pick in the primary. Yeah. He yeah. didn't even get the primary. Like the primary wasn't even him. He. It was by default he he got it, I think. Yeah, because didn't something happen and the people that finished ahead of him in the primary had to like drop out for varying reasons? I think <laughs> so they died. Was... I think like yeah, the so person that won up... actually died and then he got put in. Yeah, it just ended up being like, well, I guess we're stuck with you because we don't have anybody else. And it's too late it's to go back, back and Kentucky log boy. And if you look into what he did with the um when he freed the slaves, he didn't free the slaves in the northern states. Or no. not in the southern states, or no? Yeah, the, in the northern. I, I did an episode on this. Yes, yeah, so the, Jersey, the wording like... and the way that the Emancipation Proclamation works, it he only he only freed slaves in rebelling states, yep. which which though smart. he did, Very which he smart. didn't, he didn't even have jurisdiction to do that because they were no longer they they part disaffiliated. The they were no yeah. longer a part of the United States. They were. They were the Confederacy, so he didn't even he didn't even have the authority to do that anyway, and and they and people act like. So I, I actually had this conversation with some people, uh, some some black friends of mine back uh, on Juneteenth because they had never heard of Juneteenth. They're like, "What is this oh, Juneteenth?" Are you, pulling, are you pulling out the? I have black friends now. <laughs> no, they actually work for me. I'm, I'm more of a slave master than anything. But anyway, um, as, yeah, I was explaining like they're like, "What's Juneteenth?" Because uh, somebody was talking about it for some reason. I was like, "Oh, y'all, y'all really don't know what that is." Like, no, this is a this. They're they're making it a national holiday, and this is literally the first time we've ever heard of it. I was like, "All right." So so I explained to them Juneteenth, and then I was like, "Did you know about the Emancipation Proclamation?" And then I explained all that to them. They're like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" I was like, "No, like that's uh, Indiana. Uh, Indiana was not a rebelling state. If you if you were alive in that, you know the eighteen 18- 60s when the civil war was going on you would not have been freed you were still you were still a slave they're like are you fucking kidding me i was like no the state of maryland was in the union and it was like the third largest slave holding state in the in the union or like in all of the united states like yeah no nobody talks about that shit and none of them got freed they were all still slaves in fact they were being signed up and forced to go fight for the union army against yes yes yeah like force and nobody listed. talks about any of that though. And then if I talk about it, I'm a fucking racist, and that makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's because well, how did they take it? How did like were, were they just like 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 confused they're like, or they're like how do you know all this stuff? I was like I just like read. <laughs> like see, this is the stuff that they don't teach you in school. Like this is the stuff that you have to go find the actual like books on the yeah. that the people who were alive during the time wrote on the things because. Like there are historical archives of this stuff that the people who were alive at the time 
were writing about it. They, you know, you didn't have podcasts and blogs and stuff like that. Like there are literal books that were written on this stuff. And then that stuff has actually been preserved relatively well. Like there's all kinds of information, but that information gets completely whitewashed over to paint this picture of slavery and blah, blah, blah. And like uh, Lincoln was some fucking hero and whatever. No, luckily uh, <clears throat> in Virginia, like I felt like we had a good public school system where I grew up where they actually were more unbiased about teaching the civil war. I would hope so. Like, I mean, it, it would be a shame if Robert E. Lee's like home state yeah. did not teach the truth about that stuff. All I got was propaganda. All I got was the propaganda, but Period. I would say like, I'm much older. I think much older than most of you. I'm 50. Oh, so. gosh. And, yeah. I mean, I'm a grandpa, but you're for real grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> um, see, I got the, but, like, see, in Alabama, like, it was it was a little bit of both. Like, you, you got kind of mostly like, oh, yeah, you know, the Union, you know, he, you know Abraham Lincoln, he reunited everything. But then you also got like, well, you know, we have we had good Confederate leaders and they had a reason to, you know, but, but they didn't say the exact... Most well, I think that's because you were in the them. South. Like I grew up in the North. I mean, like everything was like the South was evil and bad and wanted slavery, and we were good and we fought them and destroyed them. And the same with the Indians. It was like, yeah, we just came over and took over. You know, everything like it, I didn't they didn't really teach any of the you know, like the stuff about the war, the blankets and stuff like that. And I didn't really understand any of that until later in life. Like but I also remember, I I mean, I, I don't know if we were raised with more of a rose-colored look on the U.S. too. Like, I mean, there was pride. I mean, I was four when, 1770, or when 1976 was, but I remember everywhere, the bicentennial, like the flags everywhere for, 17, for 1976, like 200 years. I mean, it was a huge, huge thing. You know, I remember people like being proud that, like, you know, we're a country, two hundred years old. It's America. It's great, you know. And now it's like everything. Everybody just shits on it, and you know, we're the worst racist country in the world. Even though we also prop everybody up, and everybody <laughs> wants to come here. Yeah, well, I, I think I here. think that's like part of that long con, though. Like that, that's part of the long con of like like sort of the Democrat progressive like ideas, just to destroy. And then try to hope that you you can rebuild it and progress forward or, or in whatever way. The only problem is is all of them are a bunch of idiots. They just, well, they just want to make us. I don't think they're idiots. I think that they're very no. They're, they're, they're going very, about it. No, I think they're very smart with the way they're going about it because the people are actually the ones in charge of all of that aren't actually the ones the faces that you see. They're just not. You don't see those faces. I mean, you see. Well, it, it's all financial. Like, now. so here, here's the funny thing is that Pete, you know, like, th there's a reason that the George Soros thing is is a big deal, like among a lot of like BoomerCon Republicans, because financial systems, it, like, are, are way more like the financial backing of, of things is way more important than than any anything else. Like being able to back something financially is way more important than you know building anything you know necessarily like having that financial structure backing those candidates backing you know that you want to win 
back and then if they sign the legislation that you want and basically obviously those that comes with strings like you know when 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 george soros is donating somebody he's expecting them to vote a certain way and do the things that he wants to do um well i mean they all do that whether they're but I'm, but I'm saying like when, when you have financial like when you, so if that that's why like the financial sector that's why the esg scores that's why all all of this like sort of stuff is, is being backed in this way. So if you can back companies based on their ESG score and you can do all this kind of stuff, essentially the financial markets are going to control what, what is being produced and control what, you know, what you want to see out of both, you know, both the politicians and out of the, the private sector. So you have sort of, you're playing both sides of the field with that financial like support. And, and that's what that's a lot of what it seems like that they're having to do. Yeah, I mean, it already is like you like everything is you can't even watch a TV show now without social justice or like every couple's gay on it. And there's there's well, like they no made... hetero, the hetero couples. Ever they need to really anymore. start losing money to like start changing like the stuff in entertainment and everything. Disney that work. That won't work. It won't work for Disney because of the parks. Look at the comic book companies. Look at the comic book companies. They have been hemorrhaging money for a decade because they keep pushing the social justice, woke, progressive bullshit. People don't want it, won't read it, won't buy it. And what do they do? They keep doubling down and doing more of it. Like, but then, but then you know why? You know why? Come out and make. How much? He already make like three million dollars on that first release in a fucking week. Yeah, you know? but but still, that that's chump change compared to what Marvel makes uh, right. overall. Because a they 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 realize now, okay, we can make movies. Our movies make more money than the comic book division. Yeah, but anyway. nobody's going to see the movies anymore. And, and then b it doesn't matter. Yeah, but they're still going. Not like yeah, they we were. may not. Well, I mean, they're not getting in game numbers every time, but like. There's still people are still they still they still make millions like millions and millions, but anyway like even with the comic book division okay they what they do is they can still have sales what they do is they sell them to schools they sell them to libraries they sell them to all you know all these public institutions and they basically can like write it off and say like okay we've made this much in sales and all those sales are to a, a library or wherever it's not actual people buying the comic. Well, that's how I mean. That's how Hillary Clinton sold, you know, a hundred thousand books. Yeah, just all that stuff. I mean, that's yes, that's how they're doing it. But eventually, it will catch up with them. You don't think it? You don't think it will? No, no. Because eventually, there's going to be there's eventually somebody's going to say, "I'm not buying this anymore." Okay, The (laughs) Eternals, which is arguably the worst Marvel movie ever fucking made. Thirty minutes. We made it. I don't know. There was that that David Hasselhoff Nick Fury movie. Eh, that, w- that wasn't terrible. David uh, Hasselhoff for for the time it wasn't terrible. How about wait, we'll which one way. was that? It, it was Nick came Fury. out in like the eighties. It, no, it was ninety eight. It came out the it was, same year. Oh, was it ninety eight? As the first Blade. Watch those two movies side <sighs> by side and compare the quality. It's hilarious. Blade was way Blade better. Was fucking amazing. Uh, so anyway, <clears> the uh, the Eternals, which is arguably the worst the worst Marvel movie. Okay, definitely bad. the worst Marvel movie made in like current Marvel iteration. It's still it's still netted two hundred million dollars. Like 
They're, they're making, they're making money. money hand over fist, even on the <clears throat> shittiest product that they put out. How did anybody sit through that movie? I, I I made it maybe 30 minutes, and I was like, I just can't. We tried to go we, back and watch it again. We couldn't do it. Like It was so bad, we just could not we get got through a, it. We got halfway through it, and I, I paused it. So, because uh, Stephanie needed to pee or something, and, and I wanted to get uh, like I wanted to fix some food, and and I paused it. And when I hit pause on it, it showed how much time was left in the movie. And she was like, "Holy shit! How have we been sitting here for an hour and a half, and they haven't done any fucking thing?" It's like, "What's going on with this thing?" She's like, "I don't know if I can finish this movie." I was like, "We're gonna finish it. We're just gonna we're just gonna fucking do it. All right, we're gonna get our food, and we're gonna sit down, and we're gonna knock this thing out, and we're gonna be done with it." And oh my god, that was it was a chore. It was a fucking chore. I didn't I didn't even watch was it Marvel, Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel or Miss Marvel or whatever. Miss Marvel was actually better than I expected. Uh so I watched that with my son and we actually enjoyed we enjoyed it. It really? was I just I just had no interest in watching so it. So it's um it it focuses on Indian culture and like and uh, the dot not the woo woo um, <laughs> not not feather dot not feather yeah, yeah so it's hard to it's hard to make that woke like you you would have to you would have to really alienate anybody from from that demographic in order to make that woke like it's not a it's not a super uh, progressive friendly type of a culture so it was. It was very. Did, it was they very didn't. Well they didn't lean into the like, uh, fe- like female power thing like they did with. Well, she's supposedly like the like the the no, it most wasn't... powerful person in the world in the in the universe, whatever. Oh, you, oh you're, talking about, you're talking you're talking about, about Captain Marvel. Marvel. We're talking Captain, about Miss yeah. Marvel. Miss Marvel. Yeah, Miss Marvel. Marvel. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Wait, which one's that? Miss Marvel. I thought it was the same that's, thing. That's Dan Marvel the the, was the series. Oh, I didn't oh, watch that. Yeah, Miss Miss Marvel's the one that they that she can she has like a growing powers like she can like grow and like make big fists and this kind of all this kind of stuff. Well, that whole character was so and they totally leaned into the women's women's. Oh, that's I'm sorry, that's what I was that's what I meant. I apologize. We got like we got like probably 15 minutes into She Hulk and just could not just like could not go any further with that one. You know, I finished She Hulk and. I that is time in your I life. You will never I get back. Taken my, I should have taken my own advice and stopped after episode one. But I thought maybe, I thought maybe there's a chance that like it'll get better. Like they'll figure it. Because and like, then you see the, She-Hulk twerking. So like because with CGI, I, I know people had a lot of problems with Captain America and the or uh, what was it? No, um, Captain Marvel, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh. Like the oh, series. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people had problems with that, but they. It, it ended up being a decent series. Like they, it rounded itself out pretty strong. And the well, he's a good the, actor. Uh, like I, right, I think and it, some it, of the woke bullshit that was that came into play in the early episodes. Oh, he didn't have either any either either or... either they put it into a context that gave it some meaning and made it make sense, where that it wasn't just like woke for the sake of being woke. Like it actually. It actually played well with the backstory of some of the characters and and who they were and where they were and like that series started very rocky and then I thought it finished up at least moderately cleanly. Like it I've wasn't, heard, I've heard it was better than expected. Yeah, Jay, it wasn't I didn't terrible. catch what you said. What'd you say a second ago? 
Oh, um, I was just making fun about the like the earlier episode of that. Oh. When, uh, he, he couldn't get a bank loan. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Like God. they end up, they end up redeeming themselves, and it's it's a good series. So I'm like I'm sitting there with She Hulk, thinking, all right, maybe this is going to be like they're going to do the first two or three episodes, and they're going to be absolute horseshit, just trash. But they'll figure was... out that they'll figure out that people don't like this, and you know they'll fix it. But that was not the case. Well, now, today. now, anytime you don't like something, it's review bombing. It's your, your, you don't like it because it's a female, well, strong it, female character. Yeah, like, they, they, they say now, and it's like, no, I don't like it because it sucks ass. Like it's just, it's horrible horseshit, and you keep shoving that down our throats. And it's just, there's no point in watching that stuff anymore. I think the I, worst thing that She Hulk did for me was it ruined like one of my favorite characters, Daredevil. Yes. Oh, oh, was he wow. in it? Yeah, yeah. You, you, if you, if you like Daredevil, I suggest you not watch it. Daredevil was great. Um, the, apparently those, they're going to try to re- the, reboot his. Yeah, they're going to reboot it. But Daredevil was really good. I liked. Um, I liked uh, the second. Was it Luke Cage? The second season, of Luke Cage was really good. The music in it was phenomenal. Yeah, but um. Second season was better than the first season. Um, Iron Fist just sucked. The guy was like just a bitch during the whole like Thank his character. Was Iron horrible. Fist is such a good character, and they yeah, did they it so him. bad. Uh, Jessica uh, Jessica Jones was good too. It was I didn't season watch one. that one. Season one was really good. Yeah, go check out. Yeah, see, check out season one for sure. Jessica Jones was good. Like I mean, Daredevil was Daredevil was phenomenal for its entire run. Luke Cage was very good. The one that they did. What was the one they did together? Was good. Uh, Defenders. They did the the Defenders was not bad. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was really well done. I like the ending. Like the ending was pretty good. Well, and then was that Sigourney Weaver in that one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then the Punisher series was good too. Like I'm, I was just all except for the last five minutes. Except for the last five minutes, it was just such a horrible ending. But the Punisher oh, yeah. series was excellent. I forget. I forget what, what was the end. I mean, there's I, I rumors. There, there's there are rumors that uh, John Barenthal is coming back as Punisher in the MCU. Yeah, but they're gonna make it. They're gonna water him down. They're, they're gonna, gonna tell him. I don't think they have to. I don't think they have to because because they're gonna make a legit Deadpool movie, supposedly. Supposedly. I mean, no way. They like Marvel owning the rat and, and making an actual Deadpool movie. Marvel no put Deadpool on. Disney Plus, yeah, unedited. No, no way, Deadpool. no, but but they no put way that the they... movie on Disney Plus. They are no accepting way. that this is who we are now. Like you can't not do that. You can't Did not you... be Deadpool, and or uh, because if they don't, if they're not Deadpool, if they're not Logan, if they bring Deadpool and Wolverine together, and it's not Deadpool and it's not Logan, it's some like squishy bullshit. People are going to absolutely fucking revolt like that would be the straw that breaks the mcu's back you can't fuck deadpool up mm-hmm. do, you, yeah. do you not remember what disney did with deadpool when they first got the property from fox they re-released deadpool 2 at christmas and they it was a pg-13 version did you watch that though no i did not it oh god a- it was fucking hilarious it 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 works like it's still deadpool it's okay. it, like really? oh my god it was the most it was the most hilarious. It was better than the original, honestly. Like it because they how do it, they do it like they do it. Uh, they do it Princess Bride style. 
Like they they do it like it's oh. being told like a fairy tale story to the sick kid in bed. Like it's it's fucking hilarious. You've got to watch it. Like I know that seems like it's like a, a like like a Disneyfying Deadpool. It it works. It's amazing. Now, did you guys <laughs> like, watch any of the any of the um, Star Wars stuff on Disney? The new any of the new series. I've only seen the Mandalorian, really. Like, and, and I, that's, I only watched season are... one of the Mandalorian. I haven't even watched season the other seasons of it. They're Dude. all pretty good. Like, they're I... way better than the the second series of movies that they did. Like the Last Jedi, those were horseshit. Those were awful. They don't exist. But the Mandalorian is really good. Boba Fett is excellent. I didn't um, like Boba Fett. Andor is phenomenal. Andor is. An incredibly good series. They had some really good writers for that one. I got a bad taste from Solo and what was the other one? Rogue One. Rogue One. Rogue One was phenomenal. Actually, actually, the best Star Wars movie ever made. What's it accomplished? Like, just that Darth Vader thing at the end. A friend asked me. They were like, "So what's what's this Rogue One?" I said, "Well, do you remember in A New Hope when they say many Banthams died to get us this information?" Well, you get to watch them die. Like that's a new hope, or that's that's Rogue One. Like, it what does it accomplish? And you because you can't get invested in any of the characters because you know at the end of the story they're all fucking dead. No, nobody comes back from this mission no, to get the Death do, Star. But, plane. It's, but that that's, it's that's a well, the, the it's journey, a very well written story. It's it's a tragedy. I mean, it's it's like any Shakespeare. It's a tragedy. You know, any. But that was the same. Tra- see, that was the same problem know, that I had you with. You know, it's with, a tragedy. That was the same problem that I had with Solo, is because it's like, okay, we've got Lando and we've got Chewie and we've got and we've got Han. Nobody else in this movie has anything to do with with Star Wars thirty years from now. So yeah. or twenty, you know, however in in the actual Star Wars continuity. Yeah. So anything that happens in this movie is completely worthless because we already know who the characters that survive from this are, oh, and we know everything. I, I get what you're saying. Like you're more yeah, of like Solo, you want to you want to have the story expanded on. But the good thing with Solo is it did set up how they started the Empire. Like it, it the end of it is the setup for the Empire. It's how they finance the Empire. It, it's just it was a good. It wasn't a great story, but it was a good story. They just don't add anything. It was better to... than it was better than any of the other six movies, you know, because the only Star Wars movies in my mind that exist are those are the original ones that came out, and even even Return of the Jedi is still kind of sucky with all the Ewoks. You cut the Ewoks out, it's actually a decent movie. But when you have when you have like willow size midgets running around. It was horrible. Look, it was horrible. I hated it work, then as man. a kid. Let what? Warwick Davis it work. It was horrible, but it was it was popular at the time. They were just capitalizing on what the market wanted. Midgets uh, and the Ewoks. Ewoks. <laughs> Airy midgets. Like, they they yes, wanted. It. Have, no, I think I think that was George Lucas's like really weird fantasy. Like I think that's all that was. Ewoks well, went off into its own now. movie too. Like there was a there was like a an Ewoks movie that came after that. Like there was, was a just, I think there, there was, was a cartoon two. as well. And then was the there? Star Wars Christmas special. Oh, the Star Wars Christmas special is the worst. We got we got to the part where they were just like talking Wookiee back and forth. We're like, 
the hell? How do you even like? It's like fifteen minutes of them like just growling at each other, like like that's all it is. The, uh, like fifteen twenty minutes of that. Since this started with MCU talk, did y'all watch the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special? I liked no. it. No, no. It was it was entertaining. Yeah, it's if you take it on if you take it at face value that it's a one off just thing for fun. It was it was good. Uh, I didn't I didn't I didn't hate it. See, uh, the Guardian of the Galaxy, the first movie was good. Was it the second one where he hits his father at the end? That one mm-hmm. was awful. That one was god awful. I was like praying either to die or the movie end. One of the two. I was like, just please, something needs to happen. Either kill me or let this movie end now. I I blame. So James Gunn is now in the process of completely ruining the DCEU. Um, no, it I blame was ruined James, way before that. Uh, I mean, the Snyderverse had potential, but. But Gunn came in. They didn't. And they didn't let him have like. They didn't still like. They should have just said, "Here's Snyder. Here's the keys to the king. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. So, yeah, like they're doing with Gunn. But so anyway, Gunn has fired everybody except for, except for Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller. and 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 um, who's the other one? Uh, Gal Gadot. No, she's gone. No, no she's, she's gone. gone too. Yeah. Oh, uh, Aquaman. Nah, he's gone. No, he's gone. Who else is yeah, there? Aquaman's gone. Superman's so are they gone, rebooting Batman's everything gone. then again? They're they're good with they're good with keeping Ezra Miller and who's that? Oh, that's what it was. Flash. Flash. Uh, they're, they're going to be auditioning um, uh, Elliot Page for the new Superman. So, so there's that. You're what? shitting me. I thought that was like a meme. I'm. I'm that's it's legit. No, it's actually, it's actually for real. Are you? Oh my god. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna give they them an an audition anyway. Elliot um, Page is getting an audition for Superman. I'm telling my <laughs> wife. Elliot Page. So anyway, you know, why, <laughs> and on that topic, why would why would why would somebody with a very nice set of tits do that to themselves? Like, God, and just a waste of a waste of good boobs. Anyway, uh, so yeah, they're they're letting James Gunn ruin. The DCU, right? As we speak, but I blame Henry him. Cavill. It, given the 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 right writers and everything, he would have been the perfect Superman. But why wouldn't you put forever. the? Why wouldn't you put the Drop Flash? The dark, like you can, you can, you can have some dark, like a dark moment or something like that. But Superman is supposed to be like a, a character, like a light character. Like, I, why yes. this whole broody, dark Superman? Drop all that crap. Like, make He's him Superman to- again. Superman's right. supposed to be your dad, and like Batman's yeah. like the cool uncle with all the toys. That's and uh, Superman is supposed to be like the beacon of hope for everything all the time. Yeah. And Batman is supposed to be the you know the, the guy who knows like, hey, this is this is all hellhole. Like we're gonna yeah. We Bat- gotta it's like did y'all see the uh, so so the one thing the DCU did really Batman's well your last... libertarian uncle. There you go. <laughs> the one thing the DCU did really well for the last twenty years is their animated stuff, uh, like the Young yes. Justice and then uh, Justice League Doom. Did y'all watch that? Like that—that yeah. that is the perfect summation of who Batman is. Is like he's the guy that, even though we're all best friends, I've still plotted out how I'm killing every fucking one of you in case you turn on me. Like that's that's Batman. But it, you know, if they're gonna do the Flash, they should do the whoever was the star of the TV show. He was great. 
he was a phenomenal mm. flash. He was. But they well, ruined. Not, they've him. already. I mean, they've they've announced a long time ago that Arrowverse, Flash, like none of that stuff well, is going to be incorporated dead. into the DCU ever. Like period. Well, and that's, they're killing it off too. Like the Flash is, it's in its last season. Yeah, yeah. they're they're completely. Ta- or well, they're completely is it still going? Yeah, it's wrapping they up. They got Arrow one Wars, more one more season. Oh, Arrow we stopped watching up, like think, three or four uh, years ago. Maybe Arrow longer. wrapped up, Heroes of Tomorrow wrapped up, and I think this is like the last season of. Uh, is is yeah. Supergirl going to keep going, or is it done too? Oh, I think all of them are. Like they're 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 just trashing them all. Because, Supergirl like, was all of it went super horrible. like broke and everything, and then they yeah. let, they lost a lot of viewers. Legends of Tomorrow was where it really started to go downhill and kind of lost. The whole- it. So anyway, when I tried to I adapt. Like, crisis is when like it kind of just fell apart for me. Supergirl used to be. I mean, it could have been good. Not only did I say it used to be, it could have been a really good show, but they just destroyed it immediately off the bat. Well, so they had anyway, to make her like James, James Gunn is in the process of killing off the DCEU before it ever even had a chance. Not that it really had that much of a chance anyway. But anyway, uh, I blame him for the downfall of the MCU because the. Guardians of the Galaxy came out and it changed the direction of the MCU. It went from being like serious comic movies with funny moments to being all funny moments, comedy oh, yeah. based some... comedy or comic book based comedy movies that tried to also tell a story as they went. And like that's like like um take out Mukiti becomes a Thor goes from being God of Thunder to a full-on comedy character. Drax, in the comics, Drax is not comedic in any fucking way. Like, Stone he is the killer. polar opposite of that. Like, Drax is Which the dude that Drax? just, like, goes... Uh, Drax Batista? is the big Dave, Bate- Dave, Batista. Dave Batista, yeah. No, like, I'm comic, like, what... I'm trying to think of what Drax his character is. just, like, murder He's everybody. the bald buff guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. But comic book Drax is murder everybody because that's what I'm built to do. Like he the, he doesn't have an off switch for the murder. Uh, the um, did y'all read the Annihilation run? Like Thanos is about to. So in in Annihilation, like Thanos is about to uh, appease Lady Death and like end this whole thing that's been going on with Annihilation, except that Drax comes in and puts two blades straight through his chest and murders him on the spot. It's like because that's what Drax is fucking mission in life was was to kill, kill Thanos. Thanos. Yeah. yeah. And it, it didn't matter what else was going on in the universe. Drax would go fucking kill Thanos. And that's what he did. And like Drax is a brutal murderer throughout all of the comics. He is not a sympathetic comedic character in any way. Well you could have had the raccoon be funny and everybody else be straight. Like you didn't need to have all the comedy in there. Cause then they that's all they went for with everything else after that was just making everything do a big joke. Well, and that's like Groot is not a comedic character either. It's they, they the way they did all of it was they turned the whole thing into a giant farce, and then that has since bled over into now Thor is a farce. Now the Hulk is a farce. Now, well, they they killed they killed Thor when they were making him and do like you know the drunk fat Thor. They totally killed him at that point. Yeah. Well, and right, but then we come back in. Thor, Love and Thunder, and that's that show is one hundred percent a comedy. It's not even remotely serious. I haven't seen it. I it was try, I started but it. it. It was entertaining, but it wasn't good. Like when when it was over, Sean, I took Sean to the theater to see it, and when it was over, I was like, "Well, what'd you think?" And he goes, "Well, 
it was fun. I said, yeah, that's kind of all I felt about it. Like it was fun. It didn't, it didn't really give me any hope for the MCU. Like it, it was, it was fun. And well, that's what I'm saying. I think, I think that they're, I think that they're dying. Like we, they had, they had a, what, 10 years of, of decent movies, really good movies. Although I think Avengers, the first Avengers is just Iron Man. The, what Iron Man should have been as a movie. Um, but other than that, like you had probably 10 decent movies out of the whole thing. I think you set up, you set up so perfect <clears throat> with like the original Avengers. Like, cause that, that was, that was the epitome of like what the Avengers are, what they're here, what they're doing. And then all this other side stuff, like they, they don't know how to incorporate it without like trying to do they, they they can't let the character be the character without having pulling some other character and then making them be a bit or something like that like they couldn't just like let the characters be what they are and they kind of a lot of the characters seem to blend together because of, because of that because they have so similar writing for a lot of the so characters. the trailers i've seen for the trailers i've seen for quantum mania the next ant-man movie it does not feel like it's going to be a comedy. And I think that could be a good thing. Like if, if they take phase four and Kang and the direction of the franchise in a slightly more serious tone and focus on, uh, like focus on actual character development and also kind of building the moving forward. Like we have to have a serious threat. Like, um, Thanos was a serious threat. And everybody else was just kind of like jokes. Uh, I mean, all of Thor Ragnarok, they made death. They made Lady Death into a joke. Like it was. Wait, Lady I Death enjoyed, was in I enjoyed Ragnarok. Ragnarok. I, I thought Ragnarok was Yes, great. I enjoyed Ragnarok. Ragnarok was a fun romp. Lady Death was never a serious villain. And like you, you just, you knew what that was going to end up with. Wait, like, that was death. Hella. That was Hella. That, was that Hella. wasn't Lady Death. Like Hella's like Lady Death for Viking Heaven. In the yeah, and that's what I'm. It's the Viking version of Lady Death. Not the, not the goddess Death, but. Mm. Lady but see, I love how Ant- she. The first Ant Man was a great comedy. It was a yeah. great comedy. The one who's the one sidekick that he has you now. The guy that's always like telling yeah, the story. Yeah, the Mexican guy. Yeah, like he's. He was fun in that. That was a it was a fun movie. But it wasn't it wasn't it was the Rudd Marvel. Movie. It wasn't the Marvel the original. Yes, it was Marvel a Paul song. Rudd movie. That's exactly what it was. It was yes. It was a Paul Rudd movie. I, I like Paul Rudd. <laughs> I do. I love it, man. I, everything that he's in, I have enjoyed. But yeah, for a comic book movie, like they've they've turned it all into a joke instead of like maybe the DC, maybe Snyder's DC went too far with being serious about it, but the current iteration of the MCU has gone too far with not being serious at all about it. Like I love Moon Knight. Some of the way, huh? What Moon? What Moon Knight? Moon Knight. You know, yeah, Moon Knight. You don't have DC D, uh, or MCU or uh, 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 DC or fuck. What's it? Disney, Disney Plus? Plus. That's yeah, the Disney thing. Plus. Watch Moon Knight. 
Okay. What's wrong with you? Uh, I love Moon Knight. Moon Knight's like their Batman with split personalities. Yes, Moon Knight. So Moon Knight is the Marvel Batman, except that he also has a multiple personality disorder. And Egyptian powers and stuff. Yeah, and he actually, and he has like legitimate powers. Uh, And I mean, in the comics, he didn't have a whole lot of powers. It was just kind of amplified. Uh, It was more like superhuman than superpower, but whatever. Uh, We can split. We can split atoms on that later. Um, Like I like. like Yeah, I liked Moon Knight, but they were also too comical with that. Like Moon Knight was never in the comics a funny character. Like it's not. That's not the way he was supposed to be portrayed. I love the show. It was a good show uh, for an introduction. Uh, yeah. For an I introduction like... to a completely obscure character like that, it was good. But, I mean, it left a little bit to be desired as far as just like... Because I was actually a fan of Moon Knight. Like, I actually read Moon Knight. I I liked Moon Knight comics. <laughs> like, I only I like the crossovers be... like with, with Moon Knight and Spider-Man. Like those, oh, yeah. Like... And, well, and there were some with, uh, with Daredevil, too. I mean... Like, what did you guys good. think of the last Spider-Man that came out? I thought it was really good. I loved it. Really? Uh, <sighs> it was nostalgia done right. I mean, they always That's throw it. these That's member it. berries in with everything now, and they feel forced, and I thought that they did a fine job with that movie. They treated all the, the previous, like, the, they treated both of the previous Spider-Men, like, perfectly, and it also kind of redeems Tom Holland's Spider-Man to me, because, like, I, I, I was like, this kid's got everything handed to him, he sucks, and... And then all of a sudden, he basically has to lose everything to then win it back again. And it's like, and then then he has to basically wish it all away because, like, okay, I can't have all this stuff and be a you know serious superhero. Yeah. So you know I thought it was they... good. It was a little bit too long though. It was like three was it three hours? It was just a hair too long. I didn't think it was. Did that you notice long? Um, he had an Uncle Ben back in homecoming and now they kind of like have written uncle ben out and it's, it was all about aunt may like that you know because th- i feel like uncle ben's always you know that's spider-man's thing just like batman's parents dying you know it's like well, a part of the character I, I think that the 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 reason that they did that is because there were people because you saw uncle ben die in two different other spider-man universes basically and so they didn't want to repeat that because I, I even people that i was talking to is like Okay, there's going to be a new Spider-Man. Like, are they going to kill Uncle Ben again? I'm kind of bored of that. Well, I don't think they so, needed to show it, but like, I feel like they just kind of wrote the character out. In, right. It's, no it still home. needed to be a part of his backstory, but it, they just kind of like ignored, ignored that it entirely. Yeah. yeah. It was like, I, I, not only was it not something that we saw on film, it wasn't something that seemed to be a part of his life in any way. Period. And that's yeah. that's like he did, he didn't remember it. Yeah, he he didn't have any of the. Well, they didn't have, there were no callbacks. Like they should have done a callback. I don't even remember Uncle Ben even being in the first one. He wasn't. Okay. Yeah, I think um, it was just referenced. Yeah, they gave the whole great power, great responsibility line to Aunt May in No Way Home. Pretty much, right? If I recall. Yeah, yeah. Basically. Yeah, yeah that, that didn't even get attributed to Uncle Ben. That was But the first the first one of that series was phenomenal. That, that was just a Incredibly well done movie. Well, Michael so Keaton thought, rules. Yeah, Michael Keaton is—he's the only Batman in my opinion. But and he was a fantastic, fantastic vulture. Like, yeah, I, I yes. Looked, I really looked forward to seeing him. Hopefully, we still will get an opportunity to see him, like be the be a villain. He said he said he was going to come back for another movie. I think. Like, yeah, yeah, I think so. 
hopefully we get to see that. Um, Didn't he do like a villain movie in like the nineties? Multiplicity. I don't know that that was a villain necessarily. I'm joking. No, that was a comedy. (laughs) I love that movie though. Yeah, I mean, at least one of those personality, or at least one of those clones, was probably a villain. But (laughs) I thought he did something in the nineties that was a more of a bad bad guy character. Nah, here over the last, I think it was in uh, within the last ten years, he had the uh, the Birdman. Which was where he was like an actor who played, uh, who played like a superhero, and then mm. he was kind of ide- dealing with like identity crisis type stuff. It was really, it was really, really good. Yeah, because um, his character in that was so well done. Yeah, in the in the um, sorry in the Spider Man one, he was yeah yeah he had a great character in that. Yeah, he fit exactly like what a what a like modern vulture villain would be like. Yeah, yeah. I um, thought there was a lot of potential with that. I thought the like I thought the the last Spider Man was a multiverse movie done right. Like, did y'all did any of y'all see um, Doctor Strange and the and oh, the that was, that was multiverse horrible. of madness or whatever? Like, yeah, so I, bad. I didn't understand they, why people liked it. I was like, like. Sean and I sat because they were told to like it. That's why. Sean and I sat right there and watched it. And when it was over, he looked at me and he goes, "Did you think that was bad too?" I was like, "Oh my god, thank you for saying it first. Like I thought it was terrible. I can't believe we did this." <laughs> <laughs> like I wasted all that hour and a half or hour. You just you get into some movies, and you're like, "Is this ever going to end?" It, like, like I didn't, I did not expect my 13 year old seeing a Marvel movie. To look at me and say, "Did you think that was bad too?" Like, well, I think they totally destroyed her character. Like she had a great character, yeah. And they just they like completely Witch. yeah they completely. Well, and all the the multiverse characters that they brought into it were inconsequential. Like, dude, yeah, you, like you literally bring in Mister Fantastic, Captain a a multiverse Captain. Well, and their joke, they're 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 there as a joke. Like they're not meant right. to be the real, like Reed Richards or whatever. Like, I mean, they might be in the future, but you bring all them in for no more purpose than to murder them off. Like it was, you, you're telling me the, like the greatest telepath in the world, like somehow just got like snuck up on in his own mind by some, uh, like. Red vampirus looking thing. <laughs> that was the dumb. That was Reed like Richards. One of the was like one, the, of the one of the smartest ever. people in Marvel universe. Like he just yeah, turns into spaghetti. It was yeah. Everything about the way they did the multiverse part of it was just fucking stupid. And and they also did the comedy stick for it too with with zombie Doctor Strange. Like it was so awful. It that was, was funny. Yeah, that though. that was actually a funny part in the movie. No, Steve. No, it was no, cringe. it was You're, terrible. You were being a boomer. That was terrible. Yes, that was that funny. Was... The the cringe was the whole movie was cringe, but that was no, uh, it was it was cringy. <laughs> Did you guys watch the uh, the Spider Verse one? The end of the Spider Verse, the, the, the animated one. Yeah, that was excellent. That was that fantastic. One. Yeah, my wife yeah, and that, kids love it. I haven't seen it yet. It's really good. It's pretty good. I, I don't like that they focus, you know, so much like you know the Miles Morales. I, I, mean, I could care less for. No, but... it's cool. It's cool because you've got plenty. And they do the fat Spider-Man thing, so that's like, you've got. Well, it Brian wasn't, Michael but it wasn't a forced 
it didn't feel like a forced um right diversity hire it it felt right. like okay this is just a it good was a story miles, it was a miles morales story like you've got plenty yeah. of peter parker stories throughout the mcu you need a good miles morales story because he is the future of spider-man at some point like yeah. whether it's in the mcu or not he and, is and the future the, of spider-man the fact, uncle, the fact that his uncle was one bad guy that was fun it was just it was it was a well written movie and it wasn't it wasn't like you know and he wasn't you know not yet but he wasn't gay you know he, he didn't have like a transgender best friend in this one so it was it was the least woke out of all of them out of anything that they've been putting out lately well that was sony animation also right yeah that was yeah, sony yeah. well yeah. but the 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 people if you look at the people on it they're they're like extreme marxists so like cultural, oh, like, okay. like yeah they're they're blm supporters so look marxists can make good movies too just because they just because their ideology ideology is wrong doesn't mean that their movies are bad what I was can, that old I cowboy suffer, movie but they they uh, supposedly the the next one is gonna have like some blazing uh, saddles some kind of war. no i'm sorry there's like this old cowboy movie that was supposed to be like a commie movie and Cowboys it ended and up, no no this is like old school that was movie. good i enjoyed that one Who's that chick that was in there from uh, the house show? That chick was hot. She was, uh, you know. Justin's laughing because I said I like that movie. <laughs> it was entertaining. I didn't. It was just fun. It wasn't great. It was just fun. I didn't think it was good by any means, but it was. It was at least not. Uh, it was not unentertaining. We'll say it that way. It was at least. At least it was a original script. And it, it was wasn't unique. something, and it wasn't something that's like been over, like done, like forty-five different times. This is very true. I mean, it's very rare to find a movie. I, has anybody seen the new Avatar, or are you planning on seeing it? No, eh. I hate Avatar. I'm indifferent. I don't. I just don't care. The first one was just. I was like, Fer- that's Fern the hype. People. That Dance was all the, the hype. Like I didn't understand the hype on it at all. It, it was Fern Gully it's for hippies. Okay. Yeah. I think the technology was what sold the first one so well. With like so, like 3D. if you did mushrooms and saw the movie, it makes sense. Funny story about that. <laughs> I actually went. To, I went to see that movie with a friend, and he was on mushrooms. I was like, "Are you sure, dude? This is going to be a 3D. It's going to be a lot of." And of course, oh, like, he was probably tripping balls. Dude, no, he had. He literally had to just. Like he would sit like this and like, and then like have to put his head back down because he just couldn't he couldn't see it. He had to like have his head in his lap for most. See, of the they movie. say that was the first 3D movie, and it wasn't. It was uh, no, it, no, it, it was wasn't. Friday the Thirteenth in 3D. Oh. Friday Thirteenth three, and then Jaws 3D, the third one was. The but I, I think I think it was the first one that sold people on any concept of 3D. Like oh, okay. the well, there was a lot of uh, new pre- Captain America in three. The original Captain. Cameron had. The original Captain America in 3D was wildly entertaining for me. Not because in 3D it was a good movie, but there's one scene where he like throws his shield and it looks like it's coming like through the screen and going to hit you. And I went to see it with my ex and she she jumped. Like she literally jumped. I thought she was coming out of her seat and like trying to dodge the shield. It was fucking hilarious. Did you see Dread 3D when it no. was in the theater? Dude. No. That was that was awesome. Plus I mean that's a good movie anyway. Uh, Dread was great. Judge Dread was the, was the not the Stallone, Stallone one, the newer one. one. And it, and it, I mean, it was, the... Yeah, I mean, Judge Dread 
it was a it was a nineties shitbag movie. It at I'm least talking about the one with Carl Urban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one with okay, Carl Urban okay. was like Judge Dredd done right. It was that was awesome. I'll have to watch that one then. I haven't seen that. Yeah, Dread is Judge Dread is good, but like I like I had to, um, I forget. Oh, that was uh, I had to I had to turn turn it down because like when it, whenever I was I was watching it, I was living with my parents and like they they did they don't like the a lot of the swearing, so it's like. It was... <laughs> Plus, my like, parents uh... my parents were the same, and I watched Spinal Tap one time. Oh, and my mom lost her mind. <laughs> Dude, that um that 90s Judge Dredd also had like a trope that was for some reason a thing in the 90s where you have to shoehorn Rob Schneider in as a sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did he get into every movie in the 90s? He was like he was in so much in the 90s. I don't know. That was what you had to do for your movie to sell. You had to have Rob Schneider as the quirky sidekick his best uh his uh best sidekick role was in surf ninjas i'll die on that hill surf ninjas i don't think i've ever seen that (laughs) i remember watching it but i don't remember anything about it and i I kind of feel i feel like i i feel like i don't want to go rewatch it it's 90s (laughs) cornball it's great as far as like a bad movie that's not surf Nazis must die. That's just surf Nazis, right? Is that the one where they have the moon base or the one where they ride dinosaurs in Antarctica? <laughs> what? I don't know. I just like, I have a, I, one of my fun friends, Bobby has a podcast. And they talk about really bad B movies. They always talk about surf Nazis must die. Have we you not heard of that? We just went down Iron, a Q and on rabbit hole, but uh... Iron Sky. <laughs> you guys haven't heard of the Iron Sky movies? No. They're so they're so bad. It's like uh, somehow the Nazis survived in the first one, and they have like a moon base where they're hiding out on the dark side of the moon. Oh, that's awesome! I I keep thinking every horror movie that's been made in the last like five years is just B movie because I I, let's see, Malignant that was terrible. Uh, Barbarian Conan was not in that movie at any point. And the main bad guy was a naked old lady. I mean, it was terrifying, but like not in the actual like scary way. It was, you know, like uh, had to bleach my eyeballs afterwards. Kind of terrifying. Uh, like smile, smile was terrible. It was the most predictable horror movie I've ever seen in my life. I sit there, I, I sat there, and every time something was about to happen, because I watched it with Katie, she wanted to watch it for some reason. Uh, which she doesn't do well with horror movies, so I don't know why she wanted to watch a horror movie. But anyway, she did. And and every scary thing that was about to happen, I'd lean over to her and be like, all right, watch. Here it comes. Oh, that, there it is. <laughs> and like, that movie just, had some good hype on it, though. Everything that people... you saw in the trailer, like it, it was like, have you ever seen one of those comedy movies that like, when you actually go to see it, everything that you saw in the trailer that was funny, that's the, the only, only funny, funny parts funny of the parts, movie? Yeah. Yeah. That's how Smile was for a horror movie. Like all of the like the jump scares that you got in the trailer, that's literally all it was. Like it's like okay, I, I saw this in the trailer. I know what's about to happen. Like it's not scary. And and even the parts that weren't in the trailer were so predictable. Like the ending, <laughs> the ending. As soon as they get to the ending, I was like, all right, watch. Now now we're about to flashback. And then sure enough, I was like, see, told you. That's like she was like, how did you know? 
It's like, this is the most unoriginal writing ever done in a horror movie. Like, I don't know how people are getting away with writing these things and calling them horror. Like, they're just, it's terrible. I'm not, I'm not big into the, like the newer t- horror because a lot of it's just torture porn. I just that can't, too. I can't do, I just can't do that stuff. I just, I, no wonder why society's breaking down. But like the old, the old stuff, like the Halloweens and the Friday 13th, like those are fun. They're just campy, stupid, and fun. You know, the, those, those I, were well. I will say, I did like the new Hellraiser. It was a, it was a unique twist on Hellraiser. The first Hellraiser scared me. I was a kid when that came out. I like the see, I didn't first think, two. I didn't think the first two Hellraisers were scary. Like I, I kind of, I well, kind of I, felt I like saw those were, when I was a kid, though. Yeah, <laughs> those came out I mean, when I was I, young. I guess I could see that, but like I was a kid too. I didn't, I didn't think they were scary. Like they were, they were, they were scary stories, but they weren't like. The well, Nightmare on Elm Street was pretty freaky yeah. too as a kid. Like that was yeah. A, Nightmare on Elm Street was a legitimate. The second like, one was more. The second one was scarier than the first one. I thought. But like the two, the first two Hellraiser movies, like they, I didn't think they were st- scary so much as they really built this universe of like what the Hellraiser is, and and it was a horrific, terrifying thing. But the movies themselves weren't like scary. Is that what you're Hellraiser 2, I remember the uh, the trailer for that was just so bad. Like, that was, like, uh, the mean, worst trailer. The graphics are, pre- I mean, the graphics are pretty not great. Like it, They just filmed in a dark room with lights pointing straight up on the characters. That's all they did. <laughs> well, then, then you have, like, you know, the Stephen King ones that were just all, all god-awful. All those movies were just horrible. The one, what's the one with the the, the trucks, the uh, maximum overdrive? Yeah, yeah. Oh. That movie was so bad. <laughs> Remember the? Um, the I was gonna say like Cujo and yeah. well, in that trailer, that trailer, in that trailer, Stephen King like he comes out, he's like, "I'm gonna scare the hell out of you," and we have this, we have this lawyer in Michigan. And he's always doing these commercials. I've always wanted to do one for him. Is like I'm gonna Jew the hell out of you. God, I want to have. I want to write a commercial for him, but I don't think he'll take it. <laughs> do it anyway. Be like, hey, look, I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and if you if you say no, I understand, but. I just want to try. I just want to test the waters. Like, you might be interested in this, and if you there are, might be a niche market really out there. There might be a niche market out there. That... Like, look, Kanye started a movement, and it's time for you to capitalize on it. Like, let's do this. Are you really going to walk away for money? I mean, it, oh, I'll take his money. I mean, if he is a if he is a Jew, that's all you got to say is like, are you really going to walk oh, away? His last name is Bernstein. <laughs> Hundred percent. You can take that to the bank, <laughs> which he owns, <laughs> or at least a family member. Uh, oh god! My wife gets so mad when I tell that joke. <laughs> <sighs> On that note, 
on that note, we've been going for almost two hours. <laughs> uh, I got to go to bed. I got a tasting in the morning. Oh, what are you mm. tasting? Wine, um, I'm guessing. Coffee. Coffee? No, I don't drink. Oh, even, even better. Yeah, what? dude, you don't drink? coffee. No, I so, can't stop. You see this nice big giant thing that's literally the size of my head. Um, so the way I do this is I consider that line right there to be the where I should put my liquor. Yeah. So I fill it to there with whiskey, and then I put some ice in there, and then I fill up the rest of, rest of the way with Coke. So that's See, I just I'm wouldn't doing. put the Coke in when I was drinking. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I learned my lesson on that. I used yeah. to just go straight, but that was back in my alcoholic days. I'm a few years removed from, from that. Yeah. I'm not going to say uh, sober, but, you know, I don't get drunk regularly, so. No, I, I got a coffee tasting tomorrow, so it'd be good to go to bed. And then I got a family photo shoot, so that'll be fun. Yeah, well, enjoy yourself. Oh, yeah. You guys have a good one. Guys, thanks Thank for joining me. This has been a lot of fun. I had zero expectations, and you exceeded all of them, so <laughs> thank you very much. Um, for anybody who's listening, I apologize that you didn't get Don the Pleb tonight, but, you know, we'll we'll get that figured out. He, uh, he, I will look, I'm going to read his apology because it's too good to not read it on air and he won't watch this. So he doesn't, he won't know that I actually said this about him anyway. Um, there it is. Here we go. So this is the, this is the message that I got at, at six 30 tonight. And bearing in mind that we're going live at, uh, so six 30 Eastern, uh, bearing in mind that we're going live like two and a half hours from now. He goes, all right, I'm going to be a giant faggot and cancel on you two and a half hours before the show. I seem to have woken up pretty sick today, and it isn't getting any better as the day goes. And I, and I said, I, I will forgive you for your faggotry we'll, if we will reschedule. I, I understand completely. So Don the pleb admitted that he's a faggot, but he will make it up to me. He, all right, no offense to any of you, but. How will he make it up to you? <laughs> You seem you seem very excited to say he'll make up to you. <laughs> no offense to any of y'all, but Don is my favorite person to have on the show. Uh, like he and I have, he and I have had multiple conversations, like not on air. Just like uh, one night we were texting, and he said, "Are you busy?" I was like, "No." He said, "I'm gonna send you a link, and like we'll just like we'll just actually do a call. We won't keep texting." Four and a half hours and like a full pint of Jim Beam later, uh, we were finally like, all right, it's probably about time that we should like go pass out because we had we had both just sat there and like drank and talked all night long and it was fucking fun. Uh, like we didn't even talk about anything in particular. We just chat and we did like we'll get into we'll get to texting each other and just we'll just talk for like two and a half hours about life and shit. So like Don's my favorite guest because we can talk really seriously about this kind of stuff. And then as soon as the show's over, we're likely to go until sun up talking about everything else. And like, he's a super good dude. Um, so that like I enjoy having conversations with him. So I was really looking forward tonight, but this has been a whole lot of fun too, because I don't normally get to talk about comic books and, and comic movies and stuff like that. Like this has been a, a nice change of pace. And for anybody who's listening to the show that doesn't like any of that shit, I, Sorry, I don't care. Like, if you didn't know I was a nerd, I don't know. You haven't been paying attention. We really should do a breakdown. <laughs> I mean, I mean there's a reason you're you're doing the fact checking. <laughs> I say if you're gonna have you, part of a nerd. If you miss the uh, Captain America over my shoulder, like 
We really the should Tolkien. do the breakdown on Utopia, though. We got to do that. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was that was the the European one was. See, I've got to I've got to sit down and watch through the, and go through that one with Sean because uh, he and I watched the American one, and oh, they're they're two completely different shows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're both they're equally good in very different ways. But yeah, I've got to I've got to sit down with him and go through the the European or the the British version too because yeah. And then, and then we can do full breakdowns on them. When you're ready to do that, let me know and I'll rewatch it. Okay. So I want to take notes on stuff. What Jack- are they both? Are, are both of those on Prime? I know the, yeah. the American one yeah. is, but is the British? Yeah, both well? of them are. Yeah, but uh, they're scheduling to take uh, the American one off Prime soon. Well, imagine that. I mean, does that truth. surprise? Does that surprise anybody? Way too much truth. Fuck! I think <clears> I need to go. I need to buy the DVD set of that. Speaking of which. So that's something that I have been suggesting to people that I have like just normal conversations with. Buy hard copies. Um, buy hard copies of shit. I, I mean, it's yeah. That's the reason I Bless have these, all of these. It's the reason I have all these fucking bookshelves. Like, d- don't trust digital copies of stuff. That it's nope. not going to exist. They whenever they decide that it's something that's uh, hitting too close, hitting too oh. close to the truth. Then they're going to remove it. So, like, have well, have hard physical copies of. So the, something everything. I've been doing is we've been buying books, and I plan on giving my kids a whole stack of books when they graduate, like different, like 1984, Mein Kampf, you know, Constitution, whatever. I'm just gathering books I know are going to be outlawed. Well, That's I mean, what I've been doing. Them. Yeah, that's what I've been doing as well, man. Like, uh, even like children's <laughs> books. Like, my mom works at. Uh, my high school I went to and like the amount of books they're throwing away and like the books that they're bringing in there now. And she's telling me about all these new books. I'm like, dude, what, why is this in a school? But like uh, positive side, I get the, I get all the old ones that, you know, I'll still would let my kids read. Yeah. But I think it's, I think like the, even the ones are bringing in like the genderqueer book. I saw pool did a breakdown on that book and it's actually really tragic. Like, the story of that girl is just horribly yeah. tragic. And I think it's something that you should probably check out. I mean, like I, I probably will order one of those too, but I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right on the hard copies. You got to have them. <clears throat> yeah. Well guys, thank you. This has been a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to end this and then y'all can stick around and we can chat a little bit more if you would like. I'll say for everybody watching and listening, thank you for tuning in. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, Again, I'll be rescheduling with Don sometime here in the very near future and we'll get to do a follow up on that. Be sure to tune in to all the daily content that I've got. If you are not subscribing to that on locals or Patreon, since, or I guess mainly locals, since literally nobody is subscribing on Patreon, but I'll like, 100% 100% of my subscribers are on Locals, which surprises the hell out of me. But, okay, cool, whatever. Um, I will I will go where the people want me to go. Uh, I am I am a whore, and apparently $5 a month is all it costs. Uh, <laughs> be sure to check out Fox and Sons Coffee and uh, Agorist Acres for all of your beans and seeds needs. And uh, Paloma Verde CBD for all of your CBD needs as well. And he's got that Delta 8, so if you want to get a little... (laughs) There you go. All right, that's all I got for tonight. Uh, I will be back on Wednesday with a brand new episode. Actually, I think I'm going to be interviewing Jason Rink. I think we've got our uh, 
we're, we're getting our reschedule lined out. So that should be Wednesday, Wednesday's episode. You can tell I'm most of the way through this thing, uh, starting to slur my, slur my words a little bit. Anyway, if you're not watching the video, you have no fucking clue what I'm talking about. And I don't know what's wrong with you. You should be watching this on, on either YouTube or Spotify because the video is on Spotify. If you didn't know that, just open the fucking app and look. Anyway. Should somebody say you. retarded? Oh, wait, it's the other show. Sorry. It's the wrong show, Steve. <laughs> wrong show. I mean, you, see, you came so I don't even I don't even have that in the uh in the queue to play. Like, I, I've got a I've got an ad for your for your coffee that I could play, but other yeah, than that, go I, for don't it. Have, I don't have anything. What's um, the app we'll going? A, back check that one. <laughs> we'll get out of here know. on that. Thanks, guys. <clears throat> this has been fun. Later. Later. We've got a brand new sponsor for 2023, and I am really excited to partner with Agorist Acres. Now, agoristacres.com, you can find over 100 varieties of seeds. They've got vegetables, flowers, all kinds of stuff. They've got heritage brands, everything that you want to start any kind of garden that you need. It's free shipping on any order of $20 or more. They've got cool packaging, and most of the seeds come in a fancy glass vial, no paper envelopes. They accept U.S. dollars and crypto and can easily take either at checkout. Now, be sure to head over to agoristacres.com, and anything that you get, use the promo code FCT at checkout for 10% off your order. I say all the time that you need to be starting your own garden, you need to be growing your own food, you need to be getting off the grid and becoming less dependent on grocery stores and stuff like that. Agorist Acres is a great first start. They've got everything you need for whatever kind of garden you want. Great people, great product. Highly recommend. So go check them out.